go back, get caught up, listen to pause and press play to really see what it's about and pick your area that you have to pause and press play. And for those that are returning, thanks so much for rocking with your girl. That makes me super excited. So we are jumping into this season full-fledged. You know, we are exploring the Black experience, my Black experience that's likely connected to all of your Black experiences, especially as women. And today, it's no different. We are talking about something that is really near and dear to my heart. Um, and it's really an area that I hope that I am being the change that I'd like to see. Um, but I want to share my experience and I want to talk about something that's lately been a hot topic, but is typically a hot topic. <laughs> it's something that we literally are always talking about in my circle, which is this entire women ordeal. And when I say that, I mean women empowerment. I mean being a black woman in America concerning women empowerment. And I think that a lot of times this thing can be um, confusing. It can be infuriating. It can be exciting it can be liberating. I mean, it can just be a dope thing when it's done right. But when it's done wrong, it's done wrong. And so a little background or a little history lesson for you guys, just so that we can put this in context is like women empowerment in general is something that is literally for the self-esteem and the building up of women. Like it's important. It's something that we should really actively participate in every day of our lives because we are women and the goal is to empower other women. And I've always had this question about how the very thing that connects us is also the very thing that drives us apart. It drives us away from one another. Um, I mean, since the beginning of time, when we talk about women empowerment and we talk about the women's rights movements, I mean, it dates back to the 1900s. I mean, you think about Harriet Tubman and Maria Stewart and Sanjur and, um, I mean, Mary Ann Shad Carey, like these prominent people, um, they really, really have paved the way for us, um, you know, you think about the 1800s Women's Rights Convention in New York, which was prominent like to free black women um, and suffrage. And it spoke against leadership. It spoke against these um, laws and these policies that essentially kept us down. And so, I mean, as, as back as, I mean, the 1800s, essentially, this thing has been around Um but it's something that I don't think I really came into uh, understanding about or even really got into it probably until my college days. And I really experienced the brunt of women empowerment 
I would say much later in life, um, you know, in my 20s or my, my mid to my late 20s, this was a time where women empowerment was popping, popping, you know, it was all about the conferences, all about the events, all about the networking. Um, I mean, it was just pegged to be this amazing thing, whatever area you needed empowerment in, whether it was social or education or economic or political or, I mean, whatever it was, there was always a group of activists, a group of um, women that were actively empowering other women. And it really attracted me to that um, that mindset, that lifestyle, that, um, that, that, that thing that kind of burns on the inside of you. It's like, man, you know, I love the way these particular women are loving on other women. I love the way that they're supporting other women. Um, I love the way that they are their sister's keeper. And that's kind of what shaped my mindset. And this podcast, and by no way, is to knock the people that are actually doing the work that believe the way that we believe or that I believe. Um, But it is a call to challenge those that don't necessarily have the best intention or the right intention. um, And they're not exactly upholding the standard. I think that this is more so geared towards them. And then for those that feel the way that I feel, hopefully this will be able to provide some talking points or perspective changes, um, heart changes and action, you know, because that's really, really what this is about is bringing perspective to an area and then providing some form of action. Um, as it relates, I'm a person that I believe that you cannot complain about what you tolerate. And I also am a person that I believe if you're upset about something, um, and you are being the change that you desire, what and how do you support and impact those other people that are doing it? Um, Because the people that are doing it are going to be like, oh, yeah, I got that. But I also want to say that the people that are doing it, um, that we have feelings, that we are frustrated with seeing some type of um, treatment that will, will come with this. And for those people, I sympathize, empathize, connect, understand, and relate to how you feel on a day-to-day basis as it relates to this women empowerment thing. Um, So the life of luxury, Um, you know, us as women, I feel like we have a duty, we have a role um, and we have a responsibility as the nurturers and the supporters and the lovers that we are. Typically, I feel like women in general we carry so much around that it's very easy to get caught up in the hype. Um, it's very easy to get caught up in the pressures uh, and the things that society tell you because it's always around. And my thought process with that starts is that we have to decide and pick a side. So let me share a little bit about my experience in this area because you're like, uh, hello, come on, get to it, girlfriend. So back in my college days, um, I just, I grew up so interesting. I come from a melting pot of, of family members. And so I've always had such fond sentiments as it relates to women. I've always been very aware of the roles and responsibilities of a woman. And I think some of that may just be because of my background 
Um, and being around my grandma so much, you know, my grandma literally was my heartbeat. She was the person I spent the most time with because, um, you know, my mom was, was a single mom and she was working and, um, you know, she had other things going on. And so I was with my aunts and my, my grandma for the most part and my grandma siblings. So just to set the tone, you know, I kind of grew up like really old school. I think that's why I have an old soul, you know, in my thirties, you know, in my mind, I'm 50 something (laughs) and I feel those vibes, you know, mentally. So I just grew up with these women that were so dynamic, you know, even though we grew up in church, I watched how they interacted with one another. I watched how they supported one another. Um, you know, if someone didn't have something and the other one did, they, they would, you know, step in if they needed something, if, you know, they were attending these church events or, um, you know, they were just so family orientated, but they were just so women orientated, if that makes sense. Um, I never saw them really disrespect another woman. Even when they corrected another woman, it was corrected in such a way that they left feeling built up. They left feeling like, oh, I need to correct this and I need to make these changes, but they didn't damage their soul. And so that was my expectation. Like that was my, okay, this is how it's going to be. And so you fast forward to you getting out of college and you, you know, becoming your mid twenties and you're trying to figure life out and you're looking for the elders and the elders are steering you in a direction. Um, your expectation, at least mine is, or mine was that I was going to get a certain type of treatment because they were going to see me for a young emerging adult, you know, a young adolescent Um, a young woman that is uh, looking to get herself to a certain place, you know, that's rather accomplished um, academically, but yet still needs to experience life. And what I realized pretty quickly was that people portrayed themselves to kind of be one way, um, but that they were a different way when they were with their circle, their cliques, or when the events were over. Um, And that just kind of yielded a discrepancy in me altogether because I am who I say that I am for the most part, right? I don't always get it right, and I will not ever act as though I do. But how you see me and how you perceive me is is pretty much one and the same unless you have filters or that we've had some form of a disagreement or or something because again life happens but but all I know is that for me I am always actively trying to be the best version of me even when I don't get it right so I and I'm, I'm cautious even in how you tell these stories because you don't want to leave people in a bad light and you don't want to um, have other people form an opinion about someone that they don't actively know and then they they, they haven't actively had an experience with And so I just know going to these events, some of these larger events, my experience was very disheartening. Um, And it really continued for years. I would just feel like I was subjected to different forms of abuse when it came to this whole women empowerment thing. Because somewhere along the way, it transitioned from being this dynamic whole woman 
that has these roles and these responsibilities and that's bossing it up to somehow not being as qualified to be with these particular people or these particular um, women because maybe I didn't do what they did or I didn't dress the way that they dressed or I did not relate to them the way that they related to me. Um, And on my side, I, I never felt like that was a bad thing. I felt like as a woman, we have different experiences. We go through different things. We carry ourselves in a different way. But again, the very thing that is supposed to connect us is also the same thing that sometimes can drive us away. And so it was, I like you and I think you're cool, but you really need to look like a money. And I just began to wonder like, well, what does that look like? (laughs) Why is my success predicated on what I have? Of course, I I like nice things. I want to have nice things or I have nice things. Um, But they're, they're things. They're, they, they, they serve their purpose. Um, And so I began to emerge myself in what I thought was a society or a culture or a group that was going to be embracing and that was going to be accepting, but was not simply because I didn't fit their mold. Um, And when you're young, um, this can put an insecurity in you. When you're young and you're impressionable, Um, You begin to, if you're not solidified in who you are, which I think many of us struggle in that sentiment, you just begin to adjust your mindset. Like you begin to think like, well, dang, you know, I never saw myself in this light. I never saw myself thinking that these were important things. So you're saying I have to have these things or do these things to be a certain way. Um, And I just decided not to do that. Now, it could be that I'm a rebel by nature. Um, And when I say rebel, I don't mean that I have a problem with authority or that I don't like rules because I respect them and I understand them. Um, Y'all know I'm a policy girl, so I'm always asking, well, what's the policy? But there was something in me that refused to be what somebody else wanted me to be. Um, I refused to succumb to that mindset of, the formula. This is the formula because I do believe each one of us has a purpose. And I believe that God has orchestrated us to be a certain way, to um, fulfill a certain role, to make impact in the kingdom in whatever way that we have. We all have an audience. We all have someone that connects to us um, in an organic way, simply based on how God created us to be. If you are this authentic, genuine person then there's an audience for you. And, and, and I think that it's worth exploring to find that audience. And so um, I, I didn't give up on women empowerment, even though I had some negative run-ins with it at first. I kept going. And I think the lesson in that is sometimes you want to go down a road or go down a path because you think that it's a path worth exploring when God is saying, I don't necessarily need you to explore that path. I don't necessarily want you to explore that because I'm going to do this thing for you and in you, but because you buy into society's form or stereotypes of things of that nature, you begin to pursue some of those vain outlets thinking, 
that, well, I want to be able to run into certain circles, so I need to do that. And I think that's what I did for a long time. But my experiences were very um, disheartening. And one thing I know is that when you are doing something and you're kicking against the grain of what you were designed to do, you subject yourself to more damage, whether that's in your soul, whether that is your, you know, physical, your mental, your spiritual, emotional, because we all cope with things a different way. Um, it began to make me angry. I became angry at these other people. And I began to wonder why these people were being supported, why um, the very thing that people complained about, they still continued to embrace and embark upon, although their treatment was poor. Um, and I arrived at the conclusion that the broken pieces of our soul sometimes allows bonding of a very dysfunctional or toxic um, thing because we haven't necessarily looked at ourselves and evaluated what we're doing, where we're doing, or how we're um, doing it. And so my feelings would often be hurt. I would often feel as though um, it just was a thing for me. Um, and I would often address myself and ask myself, why do you continue to embrace these things that you know are going to hurt you, harm you, upset you? And honestly, I realized that it wasn't this person or that person, but it was a mindset. It was a cultural thing. It was a, a perception or something that society had placed, a stigma, so to speak. Um, it had less to do with the particular individuals that I was coming across with and more to do at the expectation that was put on women in this particular circle. It was like women uh, had to have a certain thing, do a certain thing, be a certain way to be taken serious or to be made to feel as though they were a contributing member of society or that they weren't the weaker or less than. But I often still question this thought process because it made me feel as though we as women, as black women, understand each other's plight. So if we understand each other's plight and we understand what's going on and we understand the opposition that is among us and on us, then that means that we have to be better with one another. It's, it's the same mindset to me is that we cannot scream, protect our black women and protect us and hear us and feel us, but yet we do not protect and feel and hear one another. And it's a it's a real thing for me because we now are in this space where women are feeling as though I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to teach you. I'm just trying to tell you what I've been through, what I've endured, what has worked for me. But in the same breath, what I tell you is law and it's truth. And if you do not get down with it, then obviously you don't want success. If you do not follow my lead and follow my formula, then you do not believe in yourself. Then you do not believe that this thing is possible or that this thing is real. And somewhere I think the, the heart to empower has turned 
into a heart to harden. And I, and I mean that because the situations and the stigmas that many women have endured has shaped their mindset and their thought process to think that if they don't deliver this way, then it won't be received. Or they haven't been able to properly have a safe space to address their hurts, to address their pain. Now, I don't say any of this to make excuses for those people because we all know that there are just some folks that are downright nasty. There are just some folks that just can't get right, ain't going to get right, and that's who they are. And they've built their brand on being that way, and they've built their reputation to be that way so that they're not messed over or taken advantage of. But even those same people, deep down inside, I feel like is a cry for help, that they're screaming for, see me, hear me, feel me. Because the level of brokenness a person has to have to be able to perpetuate the brokenness that they have had to them is deep in my mind. But I say that it's very difficult to continue to hold those people to a higher standard or for them to be accountable simply because there are so many people that are buying into that system, that are buying into that, that are now wanting to mimic those individuals that are now wanting to um, talk this way, act this way, be this way. And they can't see the toxic uh, traits and the dysfunctional behaviors and the holes and the gaps because nobody is putting that on display. So the millionaire woman that comes on here and says that you need to get your ish together and you need to not talk to these broke people and you need to not deal with these broke friends and you need to not allow this to happen to you and you need to be this independent person that has your own and do this. While there are levels of truth to those things, the delivery of those um, lessons absolutely matters. Because in everything that we do, although we're delivering truth, we have to deliver that truth with love. And then we have to understand that as our platform grows and our platform increases, that we have now a due diligence and a responsibility to convey those messages without further damaging the souls that we're trying to reach. Um, How I am with my inner circle, sure, there's a part of me that is that way for all of you all. But there is a rawness that everyone doesn't get to see simply because I understand the power of my words, the the weight that it carries, the mentality and the attitude that I may have. Because I understand that I'm very careful when I communicate with people. I'm very careful at how I address people. I'm very careful at what I say because there are all of these things that I need to think of. Now, granted, Everybody has a different calling, a different person. What we're speaking on particularly is this empowerment circle that is absolutely tearing down and being detrimental and breaking souls with their words, their actions, and how they see empowerment. And so I think that the bigger thing is that we have to ask ourselves, what is empowerment? What is my level of empowerment to make impact? How do I do that without causing more damage, tearing down my sister, um, beating down her for her decisions or her actions or her thoughts and things like that. Like, how do I deliver this truth with love in the best way possible that doesn't allow me to change uh, the fabric of how God made me? But it also doesn't allow me to convey the hurts that I've had that I haven't addressed, that I haven't necessarily gotten delivered from, that I haven't been able to 
heal from because there's not been a safe place for me to be able to do so. I hope that makes sense to you guys. So for me, I had to pull back. I literally had to stop feeding into what society was feeding to me, which was you have to operate in these cliques. You have to do it this way, or this is the formula, or you have to know these people. You have to dress this way. You have to wear your wealth. You have to buy into these systems. I don't. Very, very simple. I don't. And I began to reshape and remold my life in a way that I, I guess I basically became more spirit-led. I began to say that this is, this is my truth. This is how I feel. I have ran into more women that have been toxic or dysfunctional um, at a certain level And I simply chose to pray for those people, intercede for those people, but to not engulf myself with those types of energies or behaviors. There's, I have nothing against those people. I I love them from a distance, but I cannot subject myself to that because I don't want to, um, I I don't want to have to undo those things in my life. I don't want to have to, um, subject myself to, all of these nuances and problems and, and harmful things that could come of it by just being around it and just operating in that capacity. Um, I began to really say, how can you address those things? So part of my life in being a trauma coach is, is hearing all these stories and being concerned but also realizing what not to do as I move forward in those things. Um, And I think that that's what keeps us in a safe place. I think that's how we stay in a safe place is that a lot of times we know what's happening, but we brush it under the rug. We ignore it. We say, it's not my business. It's not my place. Um, But we have to speak out about those particular things the same way that we speak out about injustice, the same way that we speak out um, against our, our reproductive systems, the same way that we speak out um, about parenting and the treatment of, of one another is the same way we have to speak out about the industry that perpetuates this particular cycle. We have to continue to um, be the change that we want. At the same time, we have to continue to say, you know, there's a better way. Um, because I realized that a lot of these people are surrounded by people that think their way, that do it, you know, their way, um, that is not advising them of the how to's or the what's, but saying, yeah, you go girl, you tell them, well, we really have to address why we think those things are okay. Why do we think saying to somebody in the, in the blatantest way is the best way? Because sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not meant for you to put your mouth on whatever the particular um, situation or circumstance is, but rather to intercede and separate yourself from that type of behavior or those types of issues that we have or that we see on an everyday basis. We have to say that, hey, if I catch this person doing such and such, I'm going to remove myself. And so a lot of this conversation is rooted in I can't participate 
in that because I don't necessarily believe that. Um, I can't be okay with this because I don't believe this. And saying, well, it's okay that I feel this way. It's okay if I um, do it this way. But then what? You know, um, those are the types of conversations that I feel like we have to have and that we have to do on a consistent basis to change the mindset, to change what we um, accept and what we subject ourselves to. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that as long as you're doing it from a genuine place. Um, because that's important. I think that's important to me. Uh, I was blessed enough to be able to have different people in my world or in my life where I could say I experienced this hurt. I could experience this pain and have a safe place to land. Not everybody has that. So I caution you to always be considerate of the things that you do and the things that you say and to understand that you're called to a higher standard, especially as your platform increases as it grows. I want you to understand that even when you're delivering the truth to another woman, especially a black woman, is to take all of these things in consideration that you have. I'm not saying make excuses. I'm not saying to justify. I'm not saying, and we're not talking about toxic things and um, other situations of abuse and things outside of the norm because we know that that, that creates an entire different mindset, a different um, everything. But I'm saying in normal cases, when you're communicating your uh, lesson to these women and you're saying, and you're slapping empowerment on it, you need to ask yourself if this is truly building up or tearing down. You need to ask yourself, am I literally being an example? Am I harming? Am I helping? What am I doing? What's the point of me saying what I'm going to say? And I do feel like if we thought with that mindset a little bit more, we would be able to address people in a better way. We would be able to deliver this truth with love. We would be able to um, understand the power of our words and the power of prayer at the same time. Because I know what it's like to see the clicks. I think we all do. We know what it's like to be disappointed on this end. We know what it's like to be hurt by another black woman. At least I do. Um, we know what it means and we know how long it takes to undo because some people are still undoing. And that, that to me is, um, that's, that's it. You know, um, I try not to be super duper deep on, on these, but to share my opinion and my thoughts and to provide perspective. Um, and so my perspective lever today is to be able to ask you, what does women empowerment mean to you and how are you empowering another woman in her blackness? How are you not perpetuating the stigma and the cycles um, the microaggressions and the, and the nuances that are happening in our community. What are you directly doing to make that change and that impact? What are you directly doing or saying or surrounding yourself by or pulling another up? What I, I want us to address ourselves because the only thing that we really do have control about is ourselves. Um, the only thing that we can change is ourselves. I can hold you accountable. I can speak against it. I can stand up for someone else. I can do that, but I still can't change 
I cannot change you. I can change me. So how am I going to hold these people accountable? How am I going to make a dent in what's happening? Whether that means writing a letter, talking to them, not supporting them, not perpetuating. Like, how do I do that? Because then there's an entire another conversation that says if I don't support or um, that I don't want to see you win. Or if I stop or cut off or speak out that I'm trying to stop your back. And I think that those are just simple excuses that people make to prey on those that are not heightenedly self-aware or um, fully healed or, or whole. There's so much discussion around this that I think that we will absolutely come back and revisit it, maybe with some guests, or maybe we'll just dive deep in. I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear your comments and your conversation about it, because I I think that the goal of this for me in this season with this podcast is to provoke thoughts, is to provoke experiences, is to share those experiences so that we can get better. Because as I mentioned on the last podcast episode, is that a lot of times these things are consistently happening because we are not sharing our experiences, because we don't feel safe about them, because we don't feel like we have the place to land, or because we just don't seem to know how it's going to be perceived. But that doesn't mean that we have we, we can't talk about it. It doesn't mean that we, ha- we, we are supposed to keep it in because how does that change anything? So until next time, I know this one was a little bit longer. So thank you guys for sticking in with me. I can't wait to hear your feedback and your expressions on this. Um, but really, really pause and then press play on your mindset concerning this empowering topic. Next week, I think we're going to jump into the life of luxury. And woo, that is a wild conversation. So until then, don't forget to pause and press play. Talk to you guys soon. Until next time, don't forget to tune in. Pause and press play.